Hang on. Hang on. Halt. This might be a podcast. This might be a podcast. It might be Greg. It might be guest. And it might be Big Big Mass. Podcast popping in your Welcome to This Might Be a Podcast. What up, everybody? It's Greg here. This is another episode that is edited by Mr. John Walker of FYIZ Podcast Fame. Uh, Thanks, John, for editing all these episodes. Uh, I'm currently recording this intro segment with Ramona, who is a month old today as I'm recording this. It's July 22nd. And she's sitting uh, on my legs right here being swayed back and forth because she doesn't want a nap. So, thank you, John, for editing these episodes. First, here's the uh, a big uh, promotional announcement push, if you haven't seen it already on social media. The Purple 2 Pay charity compilation is up for pre-order now. TMBP and Friends presents Purple 2 Pay, a benefit compilation for my student Garrett, who I'm always talking about because, hey... He's having a rough go of it. He, uh, he's he got his head shaved right now. He started chemo a couple weeks ago. And uh, his mom, single mom, uh, a twice cancer survivor herself, and a widow, could really use some help. Uh, I feel for Garrett a lot and for his whole family, everything they're going through. So go to thismightbeapodcast.bandcamp.com. That's thismightbeapodcast.bandcamp.com. Click on that artwork. It's purple, of course, with the drawing of a uh, cassette. The Team BG demo tape parody cassette. But uh, instead of the Johns, it's me and Garrett on the front of this fake cassette. It's actually available on CD. CD and download only. You can pre-order them now. We've already cracked the $900 mark on pre-sales, and it's only been up for about five days. Yeah, thank you so much to everyone who's already ordered and is listening to this. For everyone else, here's the audio off of uh, the promotional video I made. You can check out the video. Got some sweet pics of some of the big-name performers on it. But this is a little advertisement for Purple Toupee. Coming this August from This Might Be a Podcast Records, TMBP and Friends presents Purple Toupee, a charity compilation for Garrett, featuring the double clicks. I'm your only friend, I'm not your only friend, but I'm a little glowing friend, but really I'm not actually your friend, but I am. Ska Legends Mustard Plug. Hey, life's funny thing, a poor man told me that he can't afford to speak, now I'm Emo legend Bob Nana of Braid, Hey Mercedes, and more. Like a deep sea diver, Pod- 
podcaster Justin McElroy of My Brother, My Brother and Me, The Adventure Zone, and Sawbones. Franz Nikolai of The Hold Steady and World Inferno Friendship Society. No longer must I sweep for you, for I am not your broom. Dylan Baldy of Cloud Nothing. Tony Maimoni and his son Milo, along with Brian Doherty. It's the John Henry Rhythm section doing a flood track. Adam and his package. Pet Cemetery. Many, 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 many more. It's all for Garrett and his family. Thank you in advance, everyone, for donating. This Might Be a Podcast presents Purple to Pay. Available for pre-order at thismightbeapodcast.bandcamp.com right now. We've also got another charity episode up. The Danny Weinkoff Elephants episode is live now. If you're a patron, you've got that available already. Uh, If not, head to the Bandcamp. Again, this might be a podcast.bandcamp.com. And click on that picture of Danny to download for $5 the episode where we talk about his song Elephants off the album. Why? And also, he talks all about his upcoming Red Paints band, album words here's Averin with a little bit to say about that episode hey greg it's Averin. um i just wanted to say thank you for posting the danny weinkoff uh interview um i really enjoyed hearing the backstory for elephants especially like the bike origin of get out of the way which was very funny um yeah, thanks for posting it for all the Patreons, and um, looking forward to hearing more charity episodes for Garrett soon. Bye. And then we've got a voicemail from another lovely patron, Chris Tull, about the Contra Coup episode. Hey, Greg, it's Chris Tull calling. Uh, I just wanted to tell you, I loved the Contra Coup episode that you just did. Uh, not only did it make me appreciate the song Contra Coup more, but... It shed some light on the all-time classic, Don't Let Start. Man, I loved it. I thought it was so cool. Made me appreciate Contra Coup in a whole new way. Made me appreciate Don't Let Start even more than I thought was possible. So keep up the good work and have a good one. Thanks for calling in, Chris and Averin. Anybody can call and leave their thoughts via voicemail on Google Voice. It's 224-801-2930. Or write me at this might be a pod at gmail.com. On with the episode. Thanks again to John Walker for the edit and mix. Here we go. Welcome to This Might Be a Podcast, the song by song podcast about the greatest band of all time. They might be giants. I'm your host, Greg Simpson, and I've got a newbie here. 
<laughs> name is Brianna Jones. Brianna Jones, and we're going to talk about the song Microphone, uh, which was collected on Cast Your Pod to the Wind. I keep talking to the microphone, the microphone, the microphone, but it's like talking to a wall of brick. It makes me sick, it makes me sick and tired of trying to tell the doesn't seem to know that it's only it doesn't know it's only it doesn't know hey brianna hey, how's it hey. going it's going pretty good it's sunny seattle and it's sunny so what's the deal uh, i global think warming? it's the 366th <laughs> day of the year like a magical day that we don't usually get so <laughs> it's a holiday everyone's out running around naked for real. I mean, <laughs> when the weather gets as good, can you blame them? <laughs> oh, I know. Definitely not. Oh, I love that area, but it's been a long time since I've been there. My family was one to do a lot of road trips and such. And I had an elementary school friend, like one of my best friends ended up moving away and ended up in that area. Oh, and so we went out to visit them and we went to like the EMT. Uh, yeah. What, what, what's that even short for? Exper- uh, experience music? Experimental music project. music project, maybe, but they're they yeah. changed the name since you've been around. They switched they it to Mopop, so I think it's a museum of um, oh no, see, now I'm in bad. I'm from Tacoma, so oh. I'm gonna blame it on being an hour south, but oh, okay, a museum of like popular culture and something else, <laughs> something like that. Oh, okay, because <laughs> I know initially, because I think it was called the Experience Music Project, I think Experience because yeah. it was originally going to be a Jimi Hendrix museum like are you experienced i think it was experienced music project or something like that yeah. but then it one of the microsoft guys right i mean not bill gates but Somebody. i don't know it's was, it was pretty cool nonetheless and i remember they had an exhibit that was uh i don't remember what hendrix song it was maybe maybe fire i don't know but it had like a little mixing board i remember like Whoa. and this is like before i like had a studio and like you could like take down the drums and put the drum take down the vocal it was super cool <laughs> that's so sick i yeah. know that yeah. last time i went it was still the emp and they have like in the middle of the space a giant like um it's a bunch of guitars put together to make this tower um, uh-huh. and it's a Jimi hendrix tribute and it's gorgeous yeah. so yeah that was there that when I, I went i have no idea what year that was i was there but uh yeah that was there i, I that was that's pretty Pretty sweet. Uh, so you're in Seattle. You're from Tacoma. You said uh, before the intro here, your family, though, is m- from the Midwest. So my mom's side, um, I'm mixed black and white. My mom's the white side of the family, and they're all lovely uh, white Midwestern folk. And then my dad's <laughs> side of the family is all lovely Southern black folks. So And oh, then nice. we made it to Seattle somehow. So. <laughs> Oh, yeah. Okay. So how old were you when you ended up uh, on the West Coast? I think we moved out here. I was probably 10 or 11. So split in between here and South. It's just a a nice 3000 mile jaunt across the country. (laughs) Oh, yeah. No big deal. Where in the South? Um, I grew up all over Florida, um, but my fam is from Alabama, Georgia, Louisiana, all spread out. Okay. All over. Yeah. Mm -hmm. My family's all over the place, too. I mean, my parents were they grew up in Pittsburgh. Then they moved when my dad got a job in Chicago. So still got relatives in Pittsburgh, uh, LA, Salt Lake, Denver. Uh, my sister's in Boston. So, oh, cool. I mean, 
visiting my parents in Chicago is only two and a half hour drive from where I am, but everyone else, it's like multiple days of driving or plane. A pricey plane ticket. So, (laughs) yeah, yeah, but you know, people go where the jobs take them. I mean, that's why I'm in Indiana. So, uh, yeah, what do you do? Because I I was saying like, you know, we met on Twitter and Twitter Mm -hmm. bios are like this little thing. So I don't know much about you. Yeah. Yeah. What do you do? So, I mean, talking professional life is real simple to say. I do like work with nonprofits and things like that. Um, Work I feel more excited about talking about is uh, community organizing, um, doing community organizing in Tacoma um, around racial justice, queer justice, all the things. Um, And then I've been out of practice these days, but do a bit of poetry and uh, thought I was going to go musician route until I got pulled into the organizing space. So I try and bring those two things um, into relationship when I can. (laughs) Oh yeah. Are you doing uh, your poetry on the mic in front of big crowds? (laughs) (laughs) I've been a couple crowds, but nothing too large. Nice. (laughs) Cool. Yeah. Uh, Man, it it was God. 2020 was a weird fucking year. Uh, Cause, cause it's like, there were all these, I mean, even in Lafayette, like we had a really, like, I was very pleasantly surprised at how big uh, some of the Black Lives Matter marches were mm-hmm. here, like to our the police station, which is like, you know, a five minute walk from my house. I mean, Lafayette is not that big. Mm-hmm. Um, well, I mean, I guess Lafayette, West Lafayette, like you combine uh, 150,000. I mean, it's not a small town, but it's not that big. But, uh, you know, in Indiana, you never know, like, like. I know, you know, how those things are going to go. You hope that people care about these things, but you never know uh, in places like Indiana. And, you know, and it was it was a lot of people. Um, and my wife, Cara, stayed home because, you know, our daughter was one and a half at the time. Mm. And she's like, just wear your mask, please. Yes. And, you know, and, <laughs> and luckily most, most people that, I mean, pretty much everyone who uh, is uh, part of that, movement and and progressive is also believes in science so those those things kind of went together and uh i mean i didn't hear about any big spikes or anything in town after that but uh maybe a little nervous when things got real cramped because we're like going through the streets and stuff over to the police station but it was uh it was it it was pretty uplifting to see a a town like lafayette actually have a big turnout for that kind of thing i imagine around you that uh stuff was pretty huge yeah, it's interesting because like, um, so Seattle, I know, had like the like a big march and here in Tacoma, mm-hmm. like, um, obviously just population wise, our group is smaller, but Tacoma is also like, compared to Seattle has a way larger black uh, population. Now it's still the Pacific Northwest. So it's not like we're not showing right, right. Um <laughs> but doing a little bit better. Um, so I know a lot of my like organizing homies came out and like organized things with the youth and like made sure folks were also like getting fed and like getting masks and hand sanitizer in the midst of everything and trying to keep things moving beyond just the, the visuals of the protest, but like how do we support community past that too has been yeah, real dope to exactly. be part of. Yeah. There's been a lot of um, nice little, you know, I mean, social media can be pretty dumb a lot of times, but there were a lot of <laughs> cool uh, like Facebook groups that popped up for, people in the greater Lafayette area, if they needed assistance, they could post and people would, you know, if they could get them some food or if they, you know, needed 
a ride to work because their car broke down, that kind of thing. So mm-hmm. there was there was some nice stuff uh, happening, especially post, you know, all that. I mean, it just sucks that it takes all these tragedies like to get shit to happen. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I don't know. <laughs> The world is a dumb, dumb place. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> I won't fight you on it. It's true. Uh, I'm just uh, snooping on your your what was on your Twitter profile here, and uh, your your hair is pretty epic in this. When you cut your hair, I you did got, like, side shaved and stuff. I mean, that'd be nice for the summer, right? I mean, I need I need a haircut. It was funny because uh, I was telling one of my good friends, I was like, okay. I'm thinking about cutting my hair, but you know, like I've had, so I've had the Afro for, I want to say six years, something like that. Like, and when I got it, it felt like stepping into myself a little bit. I was like, bye. Like this haircut is helping me become more of myself. Um, Yeah. And I think that through quarantine, when I've been giving my siblings haircuts and I was like, at some point I got to commit and also give myself the quarantine cut. Um, <laughs> but it was just like, I, I need to switch it up. But uh, anyway, what I was going to say was um, I cut my hair a month ago, two months ago. And I was like, if I would have done this a second sooner, my ears would have frozen off. It is so cold. having the sides <laughs> of your head shaved. I used to shave my head completely. I mean, not like, like razor but you know i'd cut it pretty short in the winter and people are like why do you do that i'm like it's so i can wear a winter hat without mm-hmm. having any hair to mess up <laughs> yeah there you go <laughs> you don't get any hat head uh you don't get any bed head you know there's a whole bunch of advantages yeah, yeah and having like my sides are getting a little long but i cut my own hair even pre-pandemic i've only yeah. paid for like you know two or three hair like before like a job interview maybe i'll pay someone to make it look <laughs> nice but otherwise just zzz, zzz, shave the sides and then you could sleep on your side and you're not messing up your hair yeah you know there's advantages so yeah so we got talking on twitter i've got so many wheelings and dealings it's hard to keep track but we did talk (laughs) sometime around the open mic eagle episode right i mean yeah or was it not that long ago what we did remember i think we chatted around then and then i'm bad at twitter because social media is social media and i think we fell off and then reconnected at the top of this year I think feels right. And I remember I was listening to, and I promise this, I won't spend my episode recounting Open Mike Eagle's episode. That's terrible audio. Um, but I just remember really sitting with like um, the aspect of music outreach that is marketing. Um, I mean, like obviously record labels play a large role in how we get our music, but just like when um, black folks aren't even in the like, markets that is considered like these are potential they might be giants fans like what a loss that is and how much um i think that there's a lot to resonate with especially as like a black queer person with me of like the the there's an inherent queerness in the way they approach lyricism that makes my uh-huh. heart happy um <laughs> and there are plenty of black queer folks so like they got a market <laughs> what is your relationship to the band they might be giants came on my radar i want to say middle school age well can i ask how old you are for reference of 23 so okay this was 2009 i want to say um so old (laughs) (laughs) lord y'all are fine there's nothing wrong being young nor old we all good you could have been my music student (laughs) (laughs) i actually got to since 2003 Hey, oh, we actually did it. Damn. Um, look, and I'm sure I would have learned something too. So, hey. 
Um, <laughs> my siblings and my dad, like my a lot of my family's really into just like world history. And I think truly just through like randomly scrolling through YouTube or randomly like looking at something, my sibling ran into uh, Istanbul and uh-huh. was like, this is the joint. We got to listen to this. <laughs> and I, I was in that phase where I'm like, my older siblings music is cool, but I don't know if I'm ready to like, let them know I think it's cool yet. I don't know if like I feel good about that gotcha. yet. Um, How much older are they than you? They're only a year and a half. So we stepped yeah, into okay. that that window uh not shortly after they put me onto the song and i was like it's fine and i'll go listen to it and be like it slaps <laughs> so istanbul was the first was that the very first they giant song you remember hearing i think so or it was that one probably the only other one that's in the running was maybe meet the elements could have been one of my first ones which i was like this Hell song yeah. is precious and also like um it feels like a song that i it's the easiest thing to get stuck in my head in the world. So I'll be like doing random things around the house. A box of paint. I'm like, shit. <laughs> it's so good. My favorite is, and I don't know if you were watching the videos back then and stuff too, mm-hmm. but that, um, the neons, the gas, the lights up the sign for yes. the pizza place. And then the, um, what is it? Uh, Add some gold and silver for some pizza place class. <laughs> thumbs up. <laughs> Big thumbs up. Neon the gas that lights up the sign for a pizza place. The coins that you pay with are copper, nickel, and zinc. Silicon and oxygen make concrete, bricks, and glass. Now add some gold and silver for some pizza place class. Come on, come on and meet the elements. I think. I found out later that it was for kids and I was like, well, I like it. So we're going to make it work. But I love that. That's on a kid's album. It was very sweet. To oh, me. yeah. Yeah. They've said that, you know, they approach him like instrumentally, at least they're approaching him in just as yeah. satisfying of an artistic way to them. You know, they don't want to be bored by it. You know, they're <laughs> brainy guys. They're not going to write, just kick out some little dinky kids song so instrumentally i think they approach it just like the adult albums it's just the lyrics aren't about depression and death <laughs> <laughs> and thank thank goodness for that i also think like yeah. i think of the um i don't know how familiar you are with like steven universe rebecca sugar um not really not yeah. so much but i i know that she talks a lot about in her music of like trying to tell these complex things to kids but also like the instrumental that supports that um it's not like it has to be do re mi like we are breaking it down c chords like major right. major chords only but like we can do something <laughs> interesting that kids are interested in want to learn about that adults also get a lot of benefit out of too but it's uh not underestimating our kids in the way that we make music i think is a huge a huge thing right Right. And my, and my daughter's two and a half, and she is just obsessed with the wheels on the bus. Oh. I'm like, damn it, why didn't They Might Be Giants do a version of this? I'm like, <laughs> I gotta, I'm like, I got to record my own version of this with like some big distorted guitars or something. Yes. You know, some like big beat instead of all this like ding, 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 ding. But uh, she likes a lot of good stuff too. One of my favorites that I'm glad she's taken to is, um, do you know do you know Ella Jenkins? I don't. Mm-mm. She is like, or was, she passed away. Uh, 10 years ago she was like a superstar in like the music music education world and was a big um proponent of like continuing the folk tradition with kids um 
and I mean, Wheels on the Bus is like an old song or whatever, but like folk songs like Miss Mary Mack and all these, and a lot of like African-American like um, jump rope songs and game songs and like playground songs and stuff mm. like that. And old, like old, old folk songs that, you know, nobody knows who wrote them, but like you, you carry on the tradition of this American music. Um, and she's just a, a badass. And I teach a lot of it to <clears throat> my kindergartners. We recently did a, a YouTube program and we did a couple of those like... Uh, did you feed my cow? That's a good one. Cause you get to go squish, squish, squish. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, I have, um, one of her first records from 1968 on vinyl. Mm-hmm. And then my mom dug up, she's like, Oh, well, I got that record too. I still have it. Cause my mom keeps everything. And apparently we'd seen them at this, there's this big open, uh, air, uh, concert venue called Ravinia in the uh, Chicago Northwest suburbs. Apparently, when I was a kid, me uh, she t- uh, they took me and my sister to see her, and it's autographed by her, and her wow. autograph, she turned, so it's like a cursive, uh, it says Ella, and then she makes it go around, it has her curly hair, like the L, uh, the A, like goes and curls around and makes a face, and then Jenkins is down at the bottom. What? It's like the coolest signature I've ever seen. <laughs> I feel like signing a check might take a while, but otherwise outside as hell. <laughs> I was like, and then Jenkins at the bottom. I'm like, holy cow. I'm like, mom, you've been hiding this for me. I've been teaching these Ella Jenkins songs for years. But Zinnia loves them. Like, did you milk my cow? Like, just, just going squish, squish, squish. And the, um, well, the, the cow dies, you know, like in most good folk tales and Naturally. stories, you know, there's some moral, you know, there's a little death, you know, but uh, I don't think anything of it. But the buzzards come and there's a flap, flap, flap and all this. And, uh, it's uh, but she she's cool. I wasn't sure if you would have heard of her, but so like they might be giants doing like the rock side of stuff um that my daughter is into, and I'm like trying to encourage that because I want to listen to it in the car. Yeah, <laughs> you know, uh, and then like the classic stuff, Pete Seeger, Woody Guthrie, Ella Jenkins, that kind of stuff. Um, so you know, wheels on the bus like Coco Melon or whatever the hell though these YouTube <laughs> things are is is fine in moderation. Yeah, but they do kids music right. Uh, is what I'm getting at. So you heard Istanbul, which is not a kid's song, but it's one of those songs where, like, when they put out a kid's album, you're like, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. You know, they're kind of, they've been doing songs like, have you ever heard Mammal off the album Apollo 18? Mm-mm. You, you'd love it. It's one of their first, like, hey, I'm going to teach you some shit in, like, the catchiest way possible Heck yes. um, songs, like, a decade before they ever did a kid's album. But um, have you heard James K. Polk? They love writing songs about really shitty dudes from history. <laughs> hey, I ain't a bad gig it's, either. Still lots to learn in yeah, that, too. <laughs> it's all about, like, he achieved all his goals, which included murdering a lot of Mexicans to take their land. Like, the song is just like, it just, like, lays out, like, here's what he did. You know? Lord. That's the facts. <laughs> you know, he was he was horrible. Like, one of the last lines is, uh, precious few have mourned the passing of Mr. James <laughs> <laughs> like nobody cared when he died is like the last line of the song what a gracious way to say that it's like oh he's an asshole and no one cared that he died but i'm gonna make you feel like i said something sweet right at the end of the right, song right. precious few like his wife and i don't know maybe one other person at max uh, uh yeah so so um so then do you i mean you grew up in the age of you know, MP3s and, uh, mm-hmm. you know, and then streaming not long after. I mean, when you were coming up, like YouTube was starting to really flourish already in like 2006, 2007. Um, did you ever 
buy a They Might Be Giants album or were you just listening to it online? I never bought one myself. I think maybe my older sibling bought one at one point. Um, I'm trying to think what record it would have been, though. I mean, probably one that is some bulls on because I know when they listen to music, like, they don't get into very many albums, but when they do get into an artist, they're going to be like, if I pick up a project, it's going to be the one that got me here. Um, so mm-hmm. they may have that somewhere wander around their room, but um, yeah. yeah. In general, do you buy uh, physical media? Do you buy records or CDs I'm, or tapes or anything? Or just I'll buy the standouts, and I'm not good at sure. like remembering that that's what I want to do. I think the last record I got is like, um, I'll get things on vinyl because I have a record player, so sometimes I'll do that. Um, but I don't tend to get too many CDs. I got a Earth Gang, which is like a rap duo out of Atlanta. I got that record most recently, and that has been uh, good to me. <laughs> nice. Uh, so then how did you end up picking... Cause I don't remember. I was scrolling through our conversation on Twitter. How did you end up picking Microphone, a, a fairly obscure mm. track? I know I sent a bunch of songs at you. Was yes. that one of them? I think it was. So I being uh difficult was like i would love to talk about a love song <laughs> but i know that the way they approach like love songs is be can be obscure and that made me excited about talking about like various um the various interpretations we can have on a song that we would also assume could be a love song um right and so I remember listening to a handful of the ones you sent me. Um, oh, yeah, yeah. Okay. I'm looking at them right now. And the little blurbs that I wrote for each one. So I'm like, <laughs> pitch, I'm like pitching songs to you. What do you think? And the first one was Your Own Worst Enemy, which is a great song. And mm-hmm. I said, not a love song, but a slow, minimalist song. Uh, keyboards and drum machine and then cyclops rock a rocker for sure about heartbreak question mark uh <laughs> lazy lazy head and sleepy bones which is a, a ballad like a lullaby mm-hmm. um, about a relationship that could be romantic or not and then i put microphone uh, i said a forlorn love song about a microphone question mark <laughs> and then i also sent you a uh, too tall girl longing yes. for that certain certain type of person uh yeah so then you picked microphone a voice is speaking from beyond the A lot of my like favorite They Might Be Giant song is like, Don't Let's Start. I really like Istanbul. I really like, um, they're upbeat. I know they're upbeat stuff the best. Um, sure. And I know that that is not all that they do. So I was like, I got to microphone and I remember being struck by, um, there is an element of like, and I, if, I don't want to get too, too deep into the lyrics yet, but just like being struck by the lack of control that is explored really well like naming someone not knowing that they are they're being owned i was like what is what is the weight of this and we're really sitting with that um and being like well let me think about this some but also i was like this is clearly enough that i'm interested in talking about it um yeah so that that one got my interest right away and i'm wondering how out of hundreds of songs <laughs> i mean my my spreadsheet for song choice is over 900 rows mm-hmm. long 
They have a lot of songs. And this one, again, it's collected on Cast Your Pod to the Wind, which was a companion CD to 2007's The Else, uh, Mm -hmm. with the first however many thousand copies of the CD. There was this bonus CD, which I got, of course, because I got the CD immediately. Uh, But it was premiered on... uh, They had their own podcast, like, back in, like, the, the early days of podcasting, 2007... Um, they did, uh, episode 23A is where they premiered this song and then it was collected on this bonus CD. So it's just kind of like, uh, I don't know. There's a lot of good songs on that collection, but it's stuff that they, the band thought, I guess, wasn't good enough for like a proper album. They're like, let's just throw it on this bonus CD. Uh, but it's such a good song, but I'm trying to think of how it like popped into my head is, well, here's one that they might like i I mean i don't know i was really jamming on cast your pod to the uh the wind quite a bit because there are some really good ones there's this one like from the point of view of like this like stalker type it's called i'm your boyfriend now yes i was uh, bumping that today and i was like this makes sense it's on the album with microphone low-key and all these weird songs like why did you grow a beard? <laughs> and uh, we live in a dump. I did that episode not too long ago. <laughs> My was, friends are all nuts and half of them drunks. That one is so good. I was bumping. So I was trying to listen to the album today just to like, I know it's a compilation, but part of me is like, is there a theme? Like I gotta, I gotta check at least. And uh, I, I think it just has big, they might be giants, like a f- ethereal, like a lot of my experience of this group, this is is like um what is the word grounded instrumentals with wavy lyrics in a sense and okay. i know they just def- like they deter from that but like the energy of the songs i was hearing was like especially um something you just said the title of it we got we live in a dump we are something in a dump yeah uh, we, li- we live in a dump yes yeah. um i was like this sounds like a classic like kind of pop rock song and the lyrics are so bananas and i'm obsessed with it so good (laughs) so good (laughs) the bats the bats that lay eggs me and my guest on that episode we we scoured all these lyrics because we were seeing different um because the cd booklet that came with the else didn't have I don't even know if it had lyrics in it at all, but it definitely didn't have lyrics for this bonus disc. Mm. And there was a debate whether it was the eggs when they hatch or when they attach. And we like, this is the minutiae we get into or whatever. But we're like, but pets don't even lay eggs. Like, what is this song? Like, it's so <laughs> funny. And yeah, and, and the line, um, our friends are all nuts and half of them drunks. And if they're not nuts, then they're retired nuts, which is like such a great... <laughs> Fine, and that might be the hardest nut. It is a good compilation, and it really it's it comes on really strong. Like the first, like eight tracks are just amazing, mm-hmm. and and then it has some like live versions of stuff and some like things they wrote for radio shows. So it does get a little into like the very kind of B side material. But I feel mm-hmm. like the first, like at least the first seven. From put your hand on the computer through microphone, like absolutely, those those all deserve to be on an album. Brain problem situation, so good. I, I relate to that. Absolutely, one. <laughs> I was like, did I write this? This is a, a little too close to home. <laughs> Brain problem situation, situation. <laughs> <laughs> on our hands. <laughs> the phrasing, they just they just phrase things perfectly. 
so do you want to go ahead and dive into these lyrics on microphone then? I Let's mean, you already it. mentioned the stuff about, about being owned. Yeah. Um, I mean, we're both talking into microphones right now. <laughs> <laughs> I keep talking to the microphone, the microphone, the microphone, but it's like talking to a wall of brick. It makes me sick. It makes me sick. What What do you make of that the, the initial it felt so. Verse. I think that for me, the perspective that it frames out the gate, and again, um, I think I was like talking with somebody around like, it, what effort is there in um, speculating on folks' lyrics? But it's also the funnest shit to do in the world. Um, so yeah. of course we're gonna do it. Um, but it just feels this, so. This is a place for that. This is exactly the place for that. <laughs> perfect. Um, but I remember feeling like. This feels like when you watch your friend go through like a rough, ungood for them relationship. <laughs> this song feels mm. like when you watch um, your friend or maybe introspectively like yourself go through some things where you're like, how? It, it makes me sick to see you go through this nonsense. Mm. Mm. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. And I remember being really struck by like that combined with um, just the idea of talking to the microphone, like it felt so I'm a very visual person. So for me, I was like, I can just imagine talking to your homie who like is the listening friend, that friend that like will come through and like hear you out and go through things, but like doesn't talk about their stuff. Um, mm-hmm. Seeing them go through rough things is almost harder than seeing like yourself go through them. Cause you know, they hold stuff. And I felt so struck by right. something like that when I read oh, that. Book. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, yeah. I mean, I think I got a, a kind of along the same wavelength like yeah you're in a, a relationship that probably isn't good for you you maybe don't realize it you're talking to the person and in this case maybe you know this person is in a bad relationship with someone who doesn't listen like they don't they're in a relationship with someone who doesn't understand them like they're not hearing them they don't uh take their feelings or interests into consideration you know they're talking to a a wall of brick like yeah. a microphone, like the sound is going into it. Like the sound is going into this person's ears. It's going into their ear holes, but they're not really hearing it. Absolutely. Which I think is like, um, I don't know, if you think of a microphone as a thing that records, but is like not processing your info, like it, its goal is to hear you, but it's like not, it's not hearing you. It's just like collecting the info. Um, right. So, I love the metaphor of microphone for this because it's like, yeah, that tracks. <laughs> that makes sense. Yeah, and as a guy who's like been building a studio, I have listened to and read a lot of things about the technology of microphones. And I'm not normally a tech guy. I've just learned what I have to learn. But microphones, yeah. are, like the invention of microphones and stuff is very interesting. I've listened to a lot, read a lot about like the history of the earliest microphones and stuff. Um, but anyway, that's that's a whole other tangent. Uh, let's see, and because there's not a whole lot of lyrics to this song, I mean, it's not that long of a song. It's mm-hmm. uh, it's about two minutes. It's got some little. I think it's mostly because it's so slow. Like if this was a faster tempo, this song could be over, you know, in a minute. So then <laughs> yeah. uh, it says, "And I'm tired of trying to tell the microphone it doesn't seem to know that it's owned." So yeah. you brought that up before. Yeah, it doesn't know it's owned. It doesn't know. So then, what is that? If I mean. That that doesn't really seem to follow my metaphor then, because like talking to the microphone, if you're talking to someone that's not listening, that person isn't owned. I mean, the the fact that it's a bad relationship or whatever, I guess it doesn't. My metaphor doesn't really track in that way. I don't know. What what do you think about that part? The owned, yeah. the whole owned thing. For me, like, uh, if I bring up this idea again of like watching, I know the t- like the person 
the tense of it changes throughout and starts up being like, mm-hmm. I, I've been talking to this microphone. Um, but the idea of like the microphone not knowing its own feels like if we talk about this as someone watching their friend be in a bad relationship, like, uh, or like even an abusive relationship, like I see this idea of like when folks are often in abusive situations, this is big uh, community organizer, social work background jumping out. Uh, so bear with me, do but it. just like, yeah, do it. Um, a lot of times when folks go through abusive situations, it is a lot about a lot of the struggle is, coming to terms with the reality of your situation. So like not sure. even if you see so much of the good in this person who is harming you, you're not even paying attention to the things that are truly fucking you up. I hope we can curse. I did not check. Um, oh yes. We have the E, the explicit E <laughs> we're hosted yes. through punknews.org. This is punk rock, baby. <laughs> curse <yeah>. it up. <laughs> um, but <clears throat> thinking about like not even being able to know like know your own, know that you're in a harmful situation because you don't want to confront it or because it is too much to hold or things like that. So if I think of this person watching the microphone, quote unquote, go through this, it's like they don't even see how deep in this shit they are right now. Mm-hmm. And like they aren't listening to reason and they can't, you can't talk them out of this relationship. You can't do all this and they just don't know how deep it is. Um, that stuck out for me. Yeah. All right. Yeah, I like that. I've, I'm ditching my whole thing entirely. <laughs> I'm 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 hitching my wagon to yours. Watch uh, the next lyric. It's gonna be like, "This isn't about abuse." And I'm like, "Damn it!" <laughs> it's, it's like actually, I found this interview with John Linnell where he's there like, "Nope, Brandon's wrong." It specifically named you. I don't know how he did that, but <laughs> I knew this interview would have or this podcast would happen in 2021, and I'm gonna tell you now, Brianna is wrong. <laughs> <laughs> so off base yeah I, you know it's uh and i don't know if you uh well let's finish our interpretations before i don't know if, if you clicked over to the interpretations tab on the wiki because yes. that is a fun little wormhole to go into but let's finish our uh our thoughts on it before we click over there mm-hmm. um okay so then <laughs> then we get of course john linnell if uh if he doesn't mention skulls or spines <laughs> or being crushed by something like he's going to talk about a grave like okay so a voice is speaking from beyond the naturally grave. from in a cave beyond the grave which just i mean those two lines right there make me think of i mean i don't know jesus maybe right mm. the, the stone was moved and what you know all that i'm, I'm not yeah. religious anymore but uh Linnell just has to get dark with shit. I mean, as if it already wasn't kind of like, man, that's kind of sad. And it's like a voice is speaking from beyond the grave. All right. Took there are so few lyrics further. in this, this song that I feel like, like he got through two stanzas or two verses and was like, Oh, hold on. I didn't bring up graves or skulls or I gotta get there. <laughs> Third verse. Here we go. Third chunk. Here we go. <laughs> Nobody's died yet. Let's get to it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Gets to all that death, you know, two minutes or less. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And then we got another, you know, bit of technology here. The turning wheels of a cassette machine mm-hmm. will reenact the buried fact, which I think is a wonderful rhyme. Yes. I love an internal reenact rhyme. The buried fact. Right. It, it exactly. feels so interesting too. I like the, um, like the, the biblical Jesus reference doesn't feel awesome. I mean, I'm also not religious anymore, but grew up in it. And like, I wonder how that could fit in of like 
the idea of speaking beyond the grave for me can mm-hmm. be like there's a biblical idea of like speaking three days risen yada da but then there's also like um the active spiritual idea of like being able to commune with ancestors but then there's just also like if we think of grave as like uh death of a moment versus death of a person like being able to see mm. clarity after going through something or being able to um have a voice of reason after reaching a, a hit uh, a limit or a breaking point or something like that like that also feels good too and that's why you're a poet and i make my <laughs> wife write the lyrics to all of our band songs I don't, the, the cassette machine the cassette machine do we really i don't think we've chatted about cassette machine Mm-mm. i'm trying to there's think. just so many metaphors in this i can't uh, really put it all together yeah, I we're, talking, wonder... we're talking about all this audio, all this audio kind of stuff. The microphone, the cassette machine. We'll get to the the dog with the masters. Uh, I don't know if you looked into that. The yeah. link I sent you, his master's voice with the <clears throat> the record label, the gramophone well, company. I all of these things think? too feel like um, like a microphone. We talk about it if we like hold to this uh, storyline we're trying to build out of like microphone being able to like receive info but not really take it in and i think of like both cassette and then as we get into this later part like being able to play like inherently these tech things are like they can give you info or they can take in info but it's not really like they aren't receiving anything they aren't holding anything or they aren't really sharing anything they're just kind of like vessels um so i i think of like yeah, this voice after the grave and things like that feel all of these feel so um what is the word? Like detached. Things feel detached mm. in this. Um Yeah. Yeah, that's that's the word for sure. It's all very impersonal. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And then the dog, the poor dog here. <laughs> the uh so yeah, the dog who hears it uh Cannot understand his master's turn to sand. Uh, And I don't know if I put that together right away when I first heard it. I mean, I first heard it when it came out, but I'm, I was pretty familiar. And as a record collector and a guy who like, I mean, I collect 45s and stuff too. If you see that. Gorgeous. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. It took a long time to measure out that grid to make them perfect. Uh, (laughs) And I have like an old tube, uh, 1954 record console like i'm you know i'm an audio dork like that so i was was very familiar with this this logo had you seen that before the dog staring into the the horn of the record yeah i had seen it but i knew none of the history behind it so then when you said um some stuff today i was like oh shit this is actually familiar um but i will say is on my first listen through the song maybe even the like first couple i was like i remember really sitting in like okay, this person's talking to a microphone and there's these things going on. And then I remember the dog showing up being like, what? Why is there a dog suddenly in the, the uh, right. song? Yeah. It felt very out of left field. So then when I like, you sent some of that stuff and I had thought about more, I was like, oh shit, actually, I, I see this. I feel it. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, I wanted to look more at the the record label stuff that it might be referencing. Yeah, yeah. Let's go over that for for the people yeah so it's, it's pretty easy to google that i think if you google his master's voice it would probably come up but um or at least search it in on, on wikipedia uh his master's voice uh the unofficial name so there's a record label uh called the gramophone company limited uh 1901 um but the phrase and the painting so it's this little dog 
Uh, apparently, his name is Nipper. <laughs> okay. Uh, Nipper. I don't know, because it would nip at you. These little dogs are bitey. Uh, listening to a wind-up disc gramophone. So, super old school. You got to crank it, right? You don't, you're don't. you not plugging it in. You're cranking it up like like you would, tw- you know, tighten up an old watch or, you you know, or like a music box. You know, you crank it up. Uh, and the original painting, 1898. Yes, mm. old. The dog is listening to a cylinder phonograph are you familiar with wax cylinder recorders and cylinder phonographs vaguely but not enough to talk like i know about them right well i i had only researched them again because of they might be giants Mm -hmm. they again being the bookish uh dudes that they are they recorded a few songs at the edison laboratory uh in it's in new jersey i'm blanking on the 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 city so like the first medium that you could record on was I mean it was a tube, it was a cylinder, and it turned this way, um, you know, rather than I don't know. If I, I, it's describing visual stuff on a podcast is very hard. So rather <laughs> than turning around like a record, it was turning you know end over end like a cylinder uh, rotating, um, and you could record onto it. Uh, it was kind of like a cassette, like you could record onto it and then listen back. It could do both recording wow. and playback. And they're the wax cylinders, meaning that. Uh, like when you record it, it would etch it into this. It was like a harder wax, um, but it, you could, you know, cut into it. And when it recorded the little needle, so there's a needle that would kind of go from one end to the other as the thing's turning, mm-hmm. it would etch lines into it almost like, you know, like a vinyl record. Uh, and then you could play it back. So they might be giants. They have a song called um, I Can Hear You. And... You know, again, the whole thing, you know, the episode I did on it, it came out pretty great uh, with this guy, Franz Nikolai, who is, um, he's in a pretty big rock band called The Hold Steady. I don't know if you'd be yeah, familiar with them. I've heard of him. Yeah. He's the accordionist and uh, keyboardist in that that group. And his wife is a musicologist. So, like, wow. he, and he's taught some classes and stuff like that, too, like guest lecturer and stuff like that. So, super smart dude. He was actually living in uh kiev at the time that i talked to him he's an american but his wife was doing some sort of residency in kiev or something so like when i talked to him wow. he was over there. pretty pretty cool so he told me about all this kind of stuff uh, and we looked into it together too but so the original painting was not a record it was this this cylinder uh which you know they might be giants have already like before like 10 years before this song did these recordings on wax cylinder because this song i can hear you was on factory showroom the same album as uh your own worst enemy mm-hmm. um in 1996 um so he's kind of bringing this up again kind of uh there tend to be themes i mean when you write 900 songs you're gonna tap into some wells the second time right <laughs> Got to. um but it's in it's in a very you know he doesn't bring up the cylinder recordings but by alluding to this his master's voice this iconic image of this cute little puppy hearing his master his master has recorded his voice uh uh, what's up nipper how how you doing (laughs) and and they play it back and the dog's like huh which it is pretty fun to confuse dogs with stuff like that uh (laughs) well i think what i was seeing too was like um homeboy recorded his voice which again is very funny i would love if the original intention was like, I'm going to record this so my dog can hear me later. But like his friend or his brother, somebody played it for 
like played it in the house and their dog came up to it and was like yeah enraptured nipper was having yeah. a great day um, <laughs> <laughs> but i just love this like just the visual of like um i don't know this cute little dog being like i ain't seen my master in a bit but i hear his voice and i know that when i hear that it's like dope mm-hmm. um, yeah 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 the, the pictures on wikipedia are pretty cool they have that old so the Victor Talking Machine Company uh, used the the they they then trademarked his master's voice in that in that image, um, and they show like record labels you know the labels on a record saying his master's voice, um, but yeah I guess that was just the um, unofficial name that was never the name of a record label but I guess like the slogan or the mod I don't know what you they were like inspired it. or just wanted to use the art or something. <laughs> yeah, I mean it's a cool little I you know I think. You might actually have it around here. <laughs> you know what? Hold on. I'm going to see if I have it on the wall. I feel like I do. I will not be surprised. <laughs> Boom. You got it? Check it. Heck Diana yes. Ross. Diana Ross, Why Do Fools Fall in Love uh, Ooh, and Think I'm in Love. Oh, yeah. You know, I'm a Motown. Like, Hitsville, USA is like my mecca. I've been there a couple times. Um, That's everything. Yeah. Check it. Wow. See Came through with receipts. Adorable. Yeah, look at that. There's even. <laughs> I don't remember where I got this particular record. <laughs> there's a little 50 cent tag on there. Yeah. For a second, the dot didn't come through, and I was like, $50? Good lord. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 50 cents. Yeah. Number 39. I don't know. Yeah, like I'll go to. I mean, it's almost like you have to go to like estate sales, but I remember going to a, a record shop in Bloomington. In Bloomington, Indiana, it's like. You know that that county is like the one one of few uh, one of like three blue counties. You know that you mm-hmm. know uh, liberal weirdos can be <laughs> safe in, but like you know they got good record stores. And I went there once, and they're like, "Oh yeah, some uh, lady came in. Her husband had passed away. Just it was like, here's all these records, wow. and there were just stacks of them. And like I don't know, maybe like twenty five percent of them were Motown. I'm just like, I'll just take all these, yep. all of them." Um, I don't know where this one came from in particular, but the Supremes are my jam. Uh, so good. Yeah, so I g- grab anything, uh, however related to the Supremes. Um, yeah, I'm like, t- I knew I had that puppy up on the wall there. <laughs> so yeah, this is not my first know, time seeing this. So I'm familiar. No, I mean, I got like three or four hundred forty fives, but the ones I put on the wall, I pick them because they have different labels. I mean, the mm-hmm. Motown label is iconic. But then, like, the Capitol label, that's, like, the the orange and yellow swirl. Yeah. Like, I got a bunch of Beach, Beach Boys records. The Decca label, I got all these old Who records that have, like, the little rainbow Decca thing. A lot of uh, good-looking labels. I don't have anything that says his master's voice, like the picture on mm-hmm. the wiki. Like, this one, it doesn't say... No. And this is RCA. It's like, how many different... I don't know if you read this page in full because this Wikipedia page is actually kind of long for just being about this little yeah. logo. How did it end up with RCA? Because like, their other one was HMV or something. It's talking about stuff in the 2000s where, yeah, RCA. It looks like in the 80s. General Electric, General Electric absorbed RCA. All these companies just buying, you know, like everything yeah. is just owned by like three people. Basically, you yeah. know, like, you know, it's but just if they all, keep the old know. names then nobody will know. So, 
<laughs> right. It's like, you know, when we're when we had to buy a new washing machine <laughs> and it's like, oh, you got Kenmore, you got Whirlpool, you got like they're just all made in it's the, the same, same factory. Thing. Same body it's, on these washing machines. Yeah, it's all the same shit. Uh, anyway, so uh, that was uh, we talked a lot about just one particular lyric, but I think <laughs> it is pretty interesting. Yeah. It's like the references, the references that the Johns drop just really obscure stuff. They're they're not afraid to drop like old literary references, but they'll also talk about like, you know, pop acts and stuff like that yeah. or something like a v- old you know, dropping that 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 record collector knowledge, you know, his master's voice, working it into a song mm-hmm. uh, about whatever the hell this song is about. I don't even know anymore. <laughs> a well, bad relationship. Right? What, I, what I liked, too, was, like, um, when I think that with all these different, like, pieces of tech in them, the idea of, like, having a, um, like, it's called a microphone, having this cassette tape, like, I think having a record label uh, reference in there is tight. But what I also thought about with the story of this dog with poor old nipper um was <laughs> thinking about like um even though his like quote-unquote like master owner wasn't there anymore he was still able to like he was still controlled or under an influence so like i think we're about right. to get into it but like doesn't know he's free i was like still being controlled by something that was in your past is like a real part especially if we keep this yeah. theory of um this person being in an abusive relationship up and i was like this it tracks like i could see the weights of being controlled by this relationship whether you're still in it or you're not still in it or you're just like still dealing with the trauma or doing x y or z like that felt really loud well what do you think about this and i mean you mentioned trauma what if it's about um someone who can't let go of a or is dealing coming to grips with a the death of a loved one mm. you know say a, a widow or a widower right so like they're free but it's someone that's like i could never date or marry again like this mm. was my person you know and like they're talking to the microphone they might be talking to maybe like a picture of their you know their lost love Mm-hmm. Um, they can't talk back, you know, it's just a picture they're talking, you know, still trying to communicate with this person that they've lost. Uh, and then, I mean, we got the beyond the grave, you know, or they, or, you know, they imagine that the person is still speaking with them. Yeah. Um, cassette machine, you know, they might have old videotapes, old audio tapes or something, you know, mm-hmm. that, you know, people will, I mean, it's good to have those memories, but people can kind of torture themselves. You can get lost now. I feel like that brings clarity to we'll reenact the buried fact, too, of, like, looking at these old memories and feeling like you can live in these, like, old cassette tapes. You live in the videos and you live in these memories, but it, it creates a brick wall around you from the folks who might be looking at this microphone. So, like, if mm-hmm. if you are that person going through it, like, your friends cannot access you the same way after you go through something that hard. And if you right. can't move forward from it and you can't feel free or liberated or whatever after then like you're only stuck um so now now i'm such a dork that the first thing that comes to mind is i don't know if you're watching the new law and order (laughs) (laughs) are you a law and order fan but stabler is back oh shit i used to watch yeah 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 because they were they were an awesome couple yeah olivia and and elliot Benson Stabler, but he's got his own show now, and there was like a little bit of a crossover. Like oh, Twitter was like, and it was, it was surprising seeing like like Benson and Stabler like trending on Twitter and stuff like that. <laughs> like, 
what is this? Oh, there's going to be fucking crossover stablers back. Holy shit. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, I've, I never really like of Law and Order, but it's, it's kind of declined a little bit. But this new one he has is called Organized Crime. But his, I mean, I don't know if you're going to watch it if I'm giving any spoilers away. You're good. <laughs> in the first episode, his wife is killed. Like yeah. his wife. Yeah. Like in a car bomb. And he's trying to figure out, like, you know, was it meant for me or why would they, you know, so he's trying to get to the bottom of it. But, you know, usually uh, if you're a if you're a detective or a member of law enforcement, your superior officers are not going to let you investigate your nope. own family <laughs> member's death. Right. Yeah. That's not really the way. So he's not supposed to be, but he's still doing it because he's a stabler. You know, yep. he's a bad boy. He's breaking all the rules. Whatever. <laughs> I, you know, it, <laughs> it was funny. I remember actually seeing like. You know, since he was on SVU, uh, yeah, I mean, that show's been going forever, like, you know, like the turn of th- this century and stuff. Um, I remember seeing when when I was looking at those Twitter hashtags and stuff about him coming back, I remember seeing a lot of a lot of women and a lot of people of color that were like, you know, police really do suck, but like Stabler, he could break some rules. That will give him a pass. Like, he, you know? <laughs> I remember seeing you know, folks right? say that about uh, Brooklyn Nine Nine. I think is the show. Folks were like, "Yeah, I fuck with this show." Yeah. They're like, "Fuck cops," but also this show's fine. <laughs> yeah, you know, they actually. I think they. I don't think they've come back yet. I know after all of the, they like yeah, all the shit came came to a head. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, they well they switched networks. I think the though the like the actors and the writers decided to kind of hold back. I think they're on hiatus. I don't think they're dumb, but they're like, you know, how do we recalibrate the show for yeah. like, I don't Yeah. It's weird. You know, like, yeah, like I hate cops, but I watch a lot of true crime shows and like, I like seeing murderers get caught, I guess. And like SVU, like who doesn't want to see Stabler, like beat the shit out of some rapist. I mean, it's awesome. Right. Yeah. It's like, boom. Yeah. yeah so all these are like cops suck, but Stabler, yeah, he could, he could break those rules as long as he's going to, He's going to hurt the bad guy, right? He's not going to hurt the innocent people. He's going to go after that person. Deserves Nobody's it. trying to watch the, the episode where Stabler's like, and I hate all brown people, and I'm going to go vote. Like, nobody's watched that episode. Yeah. Maybe he's yeah. like, you know, rapist and things like, do your work. <laughs> yeah, I live in Stabler. And, and, and she keeps popping up in this new show. I don't know. I guess they're just trying to get people to watch it, but. It's pretty good. But yeah, so he's, he's like, he's torturing himself by watching. Uh, because he's a cop, he's investigating stuff that he is not supposed to be, he's supposed to be on some other case mm-hmm. um, about this gangster. He's watching, he's found like the like the stoplight cam and like all these other cameras. And so he has all this footage and he's watching his wife get blown up over and over again. Good Lord. Yeah, and you just see him watching this. He's just like, I mean like Christopher Maloney, he, he's a good actor. I love that dude, okay. especially in Wet Hot American Summer. <laughs> um, <laughs> so good. Uh, I'm going to go hump the fridge. Uh, and he's just... <laughs> and he's <laughs> Very good. He's, uh, he's, just, he, he's just watching this over and over again. And like you can see him just kind of like breaking down, but he just can't keep... He just can't stop himself from just replaying it, replaying it um, to try and, you know, in his mind, he's like, well, I can find a clue. Right. Yeah. And then he does notice some people on the street and he goes and finds those people or whatever. Um, but he's just torturing himself. So like this, if, if we're talking about, you know, like I'm saying, if it's about a, a, a past loved one, you know, if this person, the uh, widow or widower is the dog and, you know, and maybe not, you know, you don't 
own your significant other unless it is a really bad relationship but like it's your person that like you were meant to be together and you feel your soulmates whatever you might call it um so like maybe you owned each other or whatever you know you were you belong together and this person is dead maybe they've literally turned to sand and been cremated Mm. and you're free you can go do whatever you want but you don't want to because in your mind you're always together with them and now i'm very sad (laughs) <laughs> well even songs are just whew. It, it was such like the music of it too is like so sweeping and like um i love yeah. the way the layered vocals in the background just add a harmony to everything um yeah and one more thing uh, on the lyrics which very just choir like church choir almost i'm so used to like um vocal music that um if you're gonna have like vocal support in the background it would change more with each chord but they would like hold notes that would s- sustain all these chords sweeps that i just was like living for um and i, yeah, I also really really long sustained tones yeah i i play a little bit of uke um so i heard like the light uh, bit of ukulele in the back um that i was like okay i didn't know this was in here um and felt felt like it added just like i don't know i associate the uke it's hard to make someone really sad with a ukulele it's quite a happy sounding instrument but i think uh-huh. the way they <laughs> they brought it in felt so uh, well done. Now, I had thought it was a ukulele too. Is it not? So I went. Ahead, I went ahead and clicked over to the the credits tab. Damn it! <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. This. Uh, wait a second. This is wrong here. Why does it say lead vocal is Flansburg? The lead vocal is Linnell. I gotta change. It's a it's a wick. It's it's a wiki i'll fix it um but it's so the the wiki is not always right but this is very comprehensive it's one of the best fan wikis for anything i've ever seen Mm. so it's it's the normal like the the modern era um five piece you got danny weinkoff on bass marty biller on drums sam miller on electric guitar lanelle on piano do you are are you looking at you see what flansburg plays what is a typo tipple yeah tipple i think um yeah, it's in the guitar family. Uh, it looks like it's Spanish, a tiplista. Mm. Um, yeah, first mention of a tiple. Yeah, I think tiple comes from the musicologist Pablo Minguet a in 1752. So it's a very old string instrument. It's gorgeous. Um, oh, Col- Colombian. Okay, it's from it's from Colombia, or mostly yeah. associated with Colombia, and is the national instrument of Colombia. Okay. Ooh, there are cool. so many strings on this bitch. Wow. Yeah. I own a, uh, I've been to South America a few times. My wife's a Spanish professor. So we've been mm. all over the place, Spanish speaking countries. She speaks Portuguese too. So we've been to Brazil okay. and I always got to grab some, you know, authentic friggin' you know, instruments when yeah. I'm there, you know? So I've it, actually right here, this is from Brazil. I was going to record something with it. It's a, Ooh. it's called a cuica. Uh, it's a friction drum. Whoa. You use with like a wet washcloth, you rub that and the friction causes the sound. You might have heard it if you've ever heard uh, Paul Simon's uh, Me and Julio Demo at the Schoolyard is a famous use of it. It kind of sounds like, almost like a monkey. It's like whoop, 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 Whoa. whoop, 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 Like sick. you rub it. I don't have a, yeah, I don't have a, you got to have something wet to like get the, the friction, friction I, or or i would just play it for you right here but i've been to peru too and i got uh from the guy's shop that made it this uh instrument called a uh, charango mm. and the charango is a 10 string instrument 
It's got 10 strings, but it's the smallest ukulele. Wow. And traditionally, traditionally the body would be made from an armadillo shell. Though the one oh. I have is made of wood, just one piece of just beautiful wood. Um, and it's 10 strings, but fretted uh, in doubles or octaves, kind of like a mandolin. Um, so this one, so that the, the, the T play, um, it has, yeah. So we got, it says slightly smaller, about 18% than a standard classical guitar. Okay. 18%. Got you. Um, <laughs> it's hard for me to picture that. What? Yeah. Um, so yeah, it's got a shorter neck. The fretboard is a smaller scale. Traditional tuning from lowest to highest C E A D. Whoa. Okay. In octaves, assumably, because it's doubled up. Uh, yeah, yeah, I just, yeah, right. I would assume so. Um, yeah. Oh, and it looks like uh, in, in Puerto Rico they use it a lot, and they're slightly different. Yeah, Peru. Ha- okay, T plays and have made it pretty much all over Central and South America. Yeah, so, I mean, but it definitely does sound like a ukulele. And if it has, I mean, I think it has nylon strings. I don't know, this one in, in the one picture looks like steel strings. It's got, the one he's playing has got to be nylon strings because it wouldn't sound like a ukulele if it, did, if it had steel yeah. strings. Like, it sounds very gentle. Yeah, you would, like. Like a ukulele. You can get a drop G on a uke with a steel string, but, like, you're not going to. There's not a right. full steel string uke that I know Right. Oh, so you're do, you are a serious ukulele player if you're doing drop... You talk about your different alternate tunings and stuff like that. I do okay. Are you going to bust out a ukulele cover of this? <laughs> Look, <laughs> there's only the one cover, so somebody might need to. Yeah, yeah, well, you know, this, uh, this, won't, this episode won't be airing for about a month. I'm way ahead of... I'm recording ahead of schedule for my paternity leave. Mm. My second daughter's coming July 3rd. Congrats. Just, yeah. The new album's dropping July 3rd. <laughs> the new baby. Um, <laughs> so, uh, you know, if, if you want to kick out a ukulele cover, you got about a month. Uh, no pressure. No, I'm yeah, a, yeah. I'm no seriously, it. though. Yeah, you know, I, I've had that happen in the past where, like, I've had to, like, uh, edit in something that, like, happened, like, oh, this happened way later. Um, but you, you catch it before the episode comes out but the 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 T-play, I'm pretty sure it's T-play, not tipple, but yeah. it doesn't have the accent over the E, but the fact that it's, like, Spanish yeah. makes me think it's T-Play or Spanish language uh, country that it uh, hails from. Anyway, <laughs> it does sound like a ukulele. So I had thought the same thing. So we were both fooled. But Dang. it's it's definitely in their nature as well, just like we talked about them recording to a wax cylinder. <laughs> it's in their nature to use just some weird instrument. Because on the wiki, you cannot click on the word T-Play, which means it's the only early as far as the wiki knows the only wow. they might be giant song to feature this instrument because usually if there were something like a zither or something like that you'd be able to click on it because it'd be like oh it's on three songs mm. um this is the only song that uh Flansburg has played the t-play on so i'm guessing i don't know he just he was in some music shop and he's like what the heck's that and he's like oh it's t-play yeah, sure, i'll take it a, a friend <laughs> in town who was like oh i got a t-play if you want to use it he was like all right <laughs> Oh, sick. Uh, <laughs> I love that. That's adorable. <laughs> but yeah, it's great. Like the, and like the, cause yeah, we talked a lot about the lyrics, but like the, yeah, that gentle strumming on that. And then the piano, the ping, mm-hmm. ping. There's just like those big high octave pings on the piano. Yeah. It's almost like 
it's almost like a lullaby in a way. It's very soothing. Yes. While while being about <laughs> a bad relationship or someone died or something. I was gonna say I, I sh- that conflict of um, a deeply soothing music while you're like, is this person gonna be okay? Like feels on brand, <laughs> and I I really like yeah. that. Yeah. Maybe it's not a it's not a lullaby. It's something you'd play at their wake. Oh, Lord, <laughs> maybe. <laughs> I'm down that down that hole now. Uh, should we click over to the interpret- interpretation savages? Move along. What do you think? Did you see anything there that you? Uh, I peeked in it a bit. Wanted to mention, and I liked. I think it was just mainly folks calling out the reference to um, the his master's voice. I saw a little bit of that. I mm-hmm. I saw, but nothing else really was speaking to me um so i'm probably moving through there's also a lot of people that are fully invested in the band and are name dropping other songs that you probably haven't heard it's very likely (laughs) yeah hovering sombrero which is a song that came out a few years before that yeah i don't know they're saying a similar instrumentation i guess i don't know uh reminded me of unrelated thing which is a song from the 90s um which is kind of a sadder slower song but i don't really see that either Sounds like the new version of No Answer, which is a very, very deep cut. A song that has appeared nowhere other than on their answering machine. I'm as, dead. <laughs> as, are, are you familiar with Dial a Song? I yeah. mean, this is a podcast where, okay. So, yeah. Because <laughs> I would explain it to you if, if you didn't know, but. No. My listeners do not need to know what Dial a Song is. <laughs> They're that familiar. Is something They've, that they were brief, has been over and over. Yes, yeah, right. I just want to... It's in the uh, introductory pamphlet to They Might Be Giants. There you go. I just wanted to highlight the person on the um, interpretation page who was like, I tried really hard to figure out what this is about, but I can't connect it, and I don't know. Like, that energy is so good to me. Like, this is real good, and it's pretty, and I don't know. So, thought I would share my thoughts. Okay, bye. Like... Oh, yeah, a lot of times with They Might Be Giants, just gotta throw up your hands and be like, it's just a cool song. Yeah. It's just cool. Yeah, it's 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 a beautiful song. It's beautiful, you know. And sad. Uh, I like a good sad song now and then. You know, yes. everyone needs a good cry. Of course. Right? <laughs> yeah. Since it's never been played live, we've no live uh, clips to play. But there is one cover. Are you ready for it? Yes, please. And the band is called The Yelling Strange, which <laughs> I would think you'd be required to yell the name. The, the Yelling Strange, who have been played before on the show. Uh, and I've always found them on SoundCloud. SoundCloud.com slash The Yelling Strange, which I think is a pretty solid group name. Um, let's see. What have I played of theirs? I've played... They got a couple covers which, on here for They Might Be Dry. Oh, they got, a, they got a ton. But I'm trying to think of the ones that have been on episodes mm-hmm. uh, that I've done, which describes how you're feeling all the time. That one I've done. We Want to Rock, I believe I played on that. Mammal. They do Mammal. You got to check out Mammal. You'd like it. Uh, 32 Footsteps, I have not done yet. And then I Can Hear You, the song I was telling you that was recorded at the Edison Laboratory, they also cover that. So clearly, these are folks who are really into the MIP Giants, because even while they cover uh, Don't Let's Start, yeah. which is one of their biggest you know, early hits, and She's an Angel, very beloved song of theirs, they're also covering the weird shit, like 32 Footsteps is a very weird song. Um, and Two Tall Girls, pretty, I mean, it's a newer one, it's not like a, a big hit. Mm-hmm. And then Microphone, <clears throat> which, as we've said, is like a, a, a B-side, I guess you'd call it. Um, a song from their podcast. I keep talking to the microphone, the microphone, the microphone. But it's like talking to a wall of gray. It 
makes me sick It makes me sick And tired of trying to tell the microphone It doesn't seem to know That it's holding Doesn't know it's holding Doesn't know So, you listened to it Did you like it? I really did. I was, I get nervous around covers sometimes. I feel like, (laughs) why? I don't know. I tend to be a person where the first version of it I hear is guaranteed to be my favorite. Um, Sure. But it didn't end up being like, I, which is me. I gotta let go of my bias. But I really like what they did. I really like the vocal, um, like the way they did the vocals of where, I don't know how many people are in the group or if it's just the same person layering their voice, but. Uh, I can't find really anything about them. Maybe I should see if they, they might need to be on your podcast soon if they got all these covers. You know, it's it's funny. I've I've met so many people through this. Obviously, I've done so many episodes and some repeat guests, but I've met a lot of people, and a lot of them, yeah, they'll come on the show and it'll be like, like I don't know if you've listened to all the episodes yet, but you know you've already been on the show like six times, right? <laughs> <laughs> Heck yeah. I have this crew of people where like like this song. I'm lucky I found one, but like I actually sent my recording schedule all the way to July because I'm booked all the way to July and like. Hey, go and look. I haven't looked yet, but if there's one you think doesn't have a whole lot of covers, run it. If you want to do covers, because <laughs> they're just like there's this like handful of really prolific, uh, they might be giants cover artists, and uh, they've been sending me ones. Like I just recorded the um, I don't know if you, you know that they might be giants at the Mickey Mouse Clubhouse theme yes. when that got rebooted. <laughs> uh, I had a guy uh, uh, Noah uh, in uh, Germany. He's German. He sent me. Not one, but two covers of the Mickey Mouse Clubhouse. Heck yes. <laughs> With like accordion and electric guitar and stuff like that. This is awesome. So solid, solid dudes all around. But I cannot, you know, the Yelling Strange, let's let's type it into the uh, uh, Facebook search bar here and see if they have a Facebook page. They do not Damn. have a Facebook page, um, which I don't blame them. Facebook is like the worst place for uh, artists to promote their stuff. They got a Twitter maybe? There's got to be a way to find folks. It's the internet. <laughs> it's it's hard to stay anonymous these days. I mean, if you really want to, you can. But, I mean, I'm following them. Mm. I'm like through my SoundCloud for my band. I'm following them just to see like if they they post something like I'll I'll know about it because it could be they might be Giants cover. Um, but there's no like, again, it's kind of like Twitter, like SoundCloud. Like you could put a description if you want, or just like Leave not it. say anything. I don't see any description of this band at all or the people i mean with technology these days it could just be one person over and over again but the vocal like you said is very like it's almost like childlike and i say that as a as a positive like it sounds very youthful it's got a youthful energy so rather than like john linnell's kind of i keep talking to them like like almost like near like crooner style just like chill chill linnell vocal this is like i keep talking like nasal and kind of like you know and not aggressive but like a little more in your face than the original for sure and what i i thought was interesting too like whether whatever our interpretation of the song is because there's a billion we could do uh but just like 
the vibe we know is pretty rough. Things aren't great in the song. Like somebody <laughs> said. Um, so it felt like just the difference in that energy of how the vocals are done. I was like, this is a, a even more like, maybe not upbeat, but just like the, the way they handle the vocal feels like it creates more dissonance that between itself and the lyrics that I really like. I think it's well done. Yeah. And there's like some double tracking. I mean, whether it's more than one person or just one person layering their vocals, yeah. it's got a cool effect. It's got almost like a, like a bedroom pop kind of feel like a, you know, DIY kind of, I mean, and I love that stuff coming from the punk world and just like that indie rock where it's just like some person literally just their first album is just them in their bedroom. Yeah. You know, whatever they get a band and they get more, you know, followers or whatever. And this sounds just like, it has that cool, very intimate, intimate vibe. Very like Frankie um, Cosmos like. a little bit. I don't know if you know who that is, but sure. very better. Yeah. Uh huh. Yeah. Yeah. I dig it. And there's like, it sounds like there's like some stomping or something. There's some kind of percussion that's hard to pinpoint. Yeah. It's like, kroom, kroom. I keep kroom. <laughs> like this big, like just like half note pulse, just like thud in yes. there. It's, it just sounds very kind of like, um, you know, junk band kind of like, uh, just like, just hit something. Yeah. Okay. What <laughs> just hit, What's hit that thing us? over okay. there. Run it. <laughs> right. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> just start hitting shit yes. uh <laughs> um yeah it's 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 great you know and it's nice that uh you know even though there's only one cover it's a solid one so the yelling strange i mean you know i'm gonna go ahead and leave a comment on this yeah and be like hey hey i'm playing you on my podcast and then if they reply yeah. they'd be like hey you want to come on the podcast there you right? go I leave comments on people's YouTube videos. That I'm like, hey, I'm playing this on my podcast. They're like, wow, that's so cool. Very sweet. Uh, and some of them have ended up on it. Yeah, I figured, you know, they should know. I can't assume that every they my Giants fan listens to my podcast. I mean, we got good listenership, but, you know, I'm not, like, making a living off this thing or anything. Yeah. Okay. Uh, I'm playing this on my G-Fan podcast. <laughs> nice. Nice job enter okay perfect all right we'll see if they get back at me uh most of this stuff is from the newest thing is from two years ago so i'm not too hopeful um i just noticed that but yeah you never know you never know they'll get a notification some email will come in and be like, exactly someone someone commented on the song from three they recorded it three years ago yeah they're gonna get the, now, the group back together get things back started because they saw yeah, this comment yeah <laughs> <laughs> get the one man band back together whoever this is <laughs> the one person band uh yeah i i want to know your name whoever you are or who all of you are yes we can't tell and guess what hey it's july 22nd greg here again turns out noah daniel had sent me a microphone cover and i almost lost it on my hard drive so uh let's listen to that in full i keep talking to the It makes me sick, it makes me sick And tired of trying to tell the microphone It doesn't seem to know that it's owned It doesn't know it's owned It doesn't know 
said machine will reenact the buried fact the dog who hears it cannot understand his master's turn to sand and he's free he doesn't see he's free So good, Noah. Thank you so much. Sorry, I almost forgot, but hey, Noah Daniel, awesome. Uh, we hear a lot of his covers, and I'm always glad to play him on the show. He's also on the Purple Toupee Comp. Anyway, back to uh, the previous version of Greg. So now we're to the point in the show where you need to uh, score Ooh. this song. I don't know if you're ready for that. I made Mike score song. I make everyone score the songs. I don't let anyone out of it, no matter how famous. <laughs> So, a uh, scale of uh, well, zero to ten, mm-hmm. and you may use decimals. Okay, I was um, going to ask. And you're scoring it, yes, and you're scoring it against They Might Be Giants canon. So, like, you don't know every single song? That's okay. You're scoring it against ones you know, like, mm-hmm. you know, is this Istanbul a ten for you? I don't know, but if, you know, what's at the top, and then where does this fall in? So, what is your score for microphone? I was worried I was going to need decimals, but I think we're good. If I think about all the ones I know, I would put this at a real strong eight. I think I would give it an eight out of ten. Just compared to all the ones I know so far. I really like it. It is one of the um, few, like, has ballady energy, few slower songs that I know by them. And I think it's done really well. And I, I like the instruments. I like the lyrics. It's a strong eight. Yeah, yeah. Um... Oh, just for me. Yes, your name has two N's. Yes, perfect. Right? Two N's. Okay. I'm typing it on because I keep track of all my scores just so I know. Yeah. Uh, so I can, again, I'm scoring them all. Well, eventually. I keep saying that my daughter's going to have to take over the helm after I die <laughs> because they have too many songs. Uh, <laughs> she's going to have to carry on the torch. You started uh, her young, so you won't be set. Oh, yeah, she'll, uh, I mean, either she's really going to be into They Might Be Giants or, like, she'll get to the teenage years and, like, rebel against and be like, <laughs> that music sucks. I listen to whatever is the new, next thing, you yes. know, 10 years from now. Um, so, oh, what am I giving this? It's it's so good. I'm looking at the other Cast Your Pod songs I've done. Like I said, uh, We Live in a Dump. I gave that 7.9. It's a good, good song. Any, I mean, really anything over a 7. Because I, I, I'm very stingy with my high scores or else the scores would be meaningless. Mm. Okay, so where is I'm Your Boyfriend Now? That was last summer. That I gave an 8.1. Yeah. So this one, that might be my favorite song on Cast Your Pot to the Wind. So I don't think I can go higher than that. So I like it better than We Live in a Jump. I think it's got to go a little lower than that. I'm going to go 7.5, which is a really good score. But That's great. Cast Your Pot to the Wind, that first, first chunk of Cast Your Pot to the Wind is just so... Good and microphone, I think, deserved a slot on a proper elm, and I think it deserves to be played live. They've never played it live. Mm-hmm. I think it should be. Bust out that T play on stage. <laughs> That's probably why. They're like, we can't get this instrument again. <laughs> I mean, yeah, that was on loan from a museum. <laughs> uh, <laughs> they said if you break it, you're in deep shit, man. Um, it could, I mean, it could do without, I mean, like maybe an acoustic guitar or something. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Um, yeah. Play it live. 
fellas. Yes. Uh, now is the time to promote your shit. Uh, can people find your poetry places or anything like that? Can I? Is it up to date? Let me think of my shit right now. Honestly, you got a month. You got a month to update stuff. Like I said, this one post for months. So that's true. F- furiously update your sites. It's just scramble right now. <laughs> Honestly, folks can just follow me on Twitter. I'm on there a decent amount, and that's about as public as I am in this moment. So, Brianna J. One Thousand, come see me tweet about uh, giving people rights and things. <laughs> I do a lot of, of Give, justice. <laughs> giving people rights boring <laughs> and unfollowed uh, blocked <laughs> i'll throw some poetry on there too and we'll keep it fresh i just saw your because it just shows the little all the media you've posted and there's uh, the sega logo <laughs> saying a word a word that i will not say for happy black history month there you go <laughs> and it's my favorite picture that maybe exists <laughs> And you use the the shack elbow shimmy yes. gif, which I appreciate. There's too. some good content. Uh, <laughs> I, I have some tweets in there. Oh, there yeah, you, go. you know, <laughs> you know, finding the perfect gif is is an art. You know, there you go. There's people that are lazy gifers, but you know, the first you, you, two gifts that pop right. up, I'm looking for these deep mm-hmm. gifts. Give ten, give fifteen. <laughs> <laughs> you gotta, you gotta, you gotta go deep, deep cuts, deep cut gifts. people can find this might be a podcast all over um i guess as far as credits go we are a punk news podcast i do all of the things and um my guests do half the talking so thank you uh for being <laughs> on uh brianna people can send me voicemails please do 224-801-2930 tell us uh what do you think about microphone is it actually a happy song and we got it completely wrong and you found that john linnell interview the way he talks about it that doesn't exist uh yeah this might be a podcast.com and all of the other you know all the social medias that take up way more time than i should be spending on this podcast but it's fun for you people so thanks for listening and brianna thanks for being on your first time you did great thank you it was good being on i appreciate you having me of course of course (laughs) 